Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Yes, guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Batten Fight Show, powered by Violent Money. And, of course, please do check out their Violent Money YouTube channel, Violent Money TV, and, of course, the Violent Money uh, Violent Money Academy. Smart, uh, the biggest smart gym, first smart gym in the UK, as I get my words all uh, tangled. But uh, do give them a follow. And, of course, if you want to purchase some equipment or clothing, such as this beautiful T-shirt, in their uh, collaboration with Weekend Defender, you can use the code ACE20 to get 20% off. So please do that. Check out all this stuff. Tell them we sent you and all that stuff. Uh, today's show is live on YouTube. If you prefer your podcast in audio form, then check out the Danny Batten Fight Show on the Sports Social Podcast Network, plus all the other uh, shows and 
content produced by Ace Podcast Nation and available there through the Sports Social Podcast Network. Check them out. And today's show brought to you by Fume. If you are a current smoker or a past smoker, someone who struggles through uh, with the the uh, the addiction and the and the the fiddly fingers and all the stuff which comes along with it, like myself, then uh, lean into this because this is good. Fume is all natural. It's a natural inhaler designed for better, safe, and natural way to quit cigarettes. It's no smoke, no vape, no nicotine replacement for hand to mouth habit of smoking. Replace the habit. Fume handcrafts wooden inhalers, uses core infused with plant oils, studied to curb the cravings. They've got flavors like peppermint, concour, with minty notes to simulate the menthol cigarettes, and other flavors like cozy chai, lemonberry bliss for a sweeter experience. And all of their flavors are 100% natural, no harmful chemicals, no artificial colorings, flavors, and absolutely no nicotine. There are literally thousands of reviews. Quitting smoking is tough, but Fume can really help. They've got thousands of five-star reviews from smokers who've tried everything else, and this has worked. So uh, I'm just starting to give it a go now. So far, so good, but we'll have to keep you updated on that because I'm very good at starting and I usually fail miserably about a couple of weeks later, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I recommend it. Like I say, they've got a very good reputation and whether you're a smoker or an ex-smoker who still struggles with those crazy cravings, Fume is the perfect tool for you. Head to breathefume.com slash ace nation or go to breathefume.com and use the code ace nation to get 10% off your entire order. And uh, as always, please do support our, our sponsors and stuff. It really helps us out a lot. Breathefume.com slash Ace Nation. Let's get on with the show and get these two idiots speaking. <laughs> speaking. Uh, Soon as I, I, I can't. I just can't keep a straight face when I get on. I can't take the kids serious. <laughs> well, that's just, just rude, I think. <laughs> um, but as you can hear, I'm delighted as always. The return of the king, as it were. Uh, Danny Batten is back with us after his trip to Poland last weekend, and uh, we were lucky in some ways, Danny, and because because you were away, um, it was just me and Reese uh, having a good old chat for about an hour, and um, obviously it was five six days before he had a world title fight. What a fight, by the way, that was! But uh, it was a, it was a unique show last week because obviously you weren't with us. Yes, yeah, it's not very often but I'll ever not be able to make it. But there's been lots of delays regards flight. So I was delayed on the way out there, delayed on the way back. It was one hell of a journey back, actually. Um, it was like a four-hour drive to get to the airport. And when I got to the airport, I just saw delay after delay after delay. Um, I set off about 10 o'clock in the morning uh, and then I arrived home about 11 o'clock at night from Poland. <laughs> it was like an epic, epic. Yeah, it wasn't so good. Uh, yeah, no, but Reese did a fine job anyway. As he, he he was on anyway. He was our guest, so it was just it meant that it was me and you, rather than uh, uh, sorry, me and Reese rather than me, you and Reese. Uh, yeah, Tom's just disconnected. I don't know what's going on with that. We'll see now. We'll come back. He's um, I think his connection just dropped, but he, he'll be back now. See if he's back there now. Well, uh, we are joined by uh, MMA featherweight Danny. 
um, Mr. Tom Moons, um, who's now having connection issues, so he'll be back in now in a second. Uh, but how are you, mate? Yeah, you don't know, good. Uh, yeah, uh, like I said, you know, the journey was all a bit, bit peeped on, which led me not to be there for the podcast. But yeah, everything still went ahead as always. Yeah, still had you to run it smoothly, side, didn't we? And uh, yeah, and, and 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 what an interview with Reese, you know, especially as he got such an incredible result as well. It's a fight I haven't seen, unfortunately, oh, just yet. Jeez, mate. Do you yeah. know what? Right, um, insane fight. First, first half of the first round, I thought, oh wow, Reese is going to take this pretty comfortably, and then all of a sudden, Justin just sparked into life, took Reese down, and and did some real damage. Um, and Reese got cut like across. I don't know if you've seen his social media today. He got like a big mm, cut on his forehead. Cut. Um, he but Reese barely survived that. The end of the round, then um, the end of the first round came. The doctor then checked Reese's head at the end at the start of round two, and I thought they're going. He's going to call it. But the cut, the his cut man or woman did a tremendous job. Really right. must have like whatever they do to get it together. Um, second round was pretty much all Justin at first, and then Reese just suddenly exploded and yeah, got that knockout at the start of the third round. But the doctor checked on Justin then, like that right. after the first round, they were both just like all messed up big time. Right, and it was just like wow, what a fight. Um. And I gotta say, I think Justin Burlinson, I think, will be very frustrated because he got to certain points where not only was he on top in the fight, but he had an opportunity where I think he thought he could finish it. And Reese yeah. just managed to hold on, keep working, wriggle out, and stuff like this. Reese's scramble game was really good. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then in the start of the third round, he just caught him with two big shots and just knocked him out. Um, right. It was a fantastic fight, really good event as well. They also announced, mate, that uh, Cage Warriors come back to Wales. Uh, oh, Cage great one, stuff! One four two. Um, so coming up, I got a. There's a PFL event coming in Cardiff, which is right near me. So I'm going to try go. Wow! There. And then there's okay. a Cage Warriors Wales. It's not the next one, but the one after. So there's a London and then Wales. It's up in Ebervale, though, so I'll have to see. It's a bit further away from me, not too far though. Uh, might, mm. I might be able to get a lift with old Barry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes does the medical um, stuff for Cage Warriors in the past. So when they've done the Welsh show, so if he's on that on that thing, I might try and uh, see if I can get some interviews and stuff. Um, but just as we wait for for Thomas, um, we had UFC last night. We had PFL on Friday. PFL, uh, sorry, Bellator as well. Um, there's been an insane amount of MMA. It's physically impossible to uh, to watch it all. Um, I wanted to just talk to you a bit about PFL, though. Um, we had uh, a couple of Brits in there. Um, in particular, we had uh, Stevie Ray picked up a, a really big victory against Anthony Pettis. Uh, oh, with very a, big with victory, an unusual yeah. finish as well. Um, yeah, it was unusual. Yeah, very, very unusual. It's like a body triangle. With that. I don't know whether it's got a name, but it's like so a body Tom triangle. Hacken, when I spoke to him before you come on, he said he thought it was a reverse twister, is what he described it as. Yeah, yeah I suppose. It was just really, really unusual. Um, I mean, I'm not a twister style of guy mm. to, to sort of like overly comment on, on it, but it was unusual. You, you're very, very strange to get that sort of situation play out in MMA. But MMA is, you know, a sport with so many variants to lose and therefore win. And we just saw one of those really unusual variants. 
and what a time to produce it. Um, really happy for Stevie Ray. Um, if you have a look at what James Doolan writes about him, how that he's fought and become champion of, you know, not only like places like Cage Warriors, Bama, fought on UFC. Um, the, the kid's really been about and to still pull off awesome performances like that and, and be you know, in for a shout at winning that $1 million that's up for grabs. He's two fights away. I mean, that's just incredible performance, really is. Yeah, he should be flying high. Yeah, indeed, mate. Um, it, was, it was impressive because he was a heavy underdog for that uh, fight. And also, um, shout out to Brendan Lachlan, who picked up a victory in um, PFL as well. Goes through to the, I think it's the semi-finals now. But one thing for him, they he was supposed to be on the main card. Um, and what he did is he asked PFL to go on the prelims so that the UK viewers were able to... Oh, wow. Um, I don't know it. that. So, you know, because it was on Channel yeah. 4, wasn't it? And um, obviously, by it being on earlier, you've got more chance of those UK viewers watching. So I think, mm. you know, he deserves a tremendous amount of credit for that because Absolutely. You know, most, most people are all about, you know, I want to be on the main card, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but I've got to catch up on some of those PFL fights because um, by all accounts, they looked exciting, exciting stuff, mate. Exciting yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's, re- it's a really good... Uh, promotion um, and and likewise, really. There's just so many fights now to follow. What with Bellator really getting their act together and putting on some amazing performances as well. Uh, it's like yeah, MMA overload. It really is. It's it's quite difficult to stay on top of everything. It really is. But yeah. look, I'd rather have too much than too little because we've experienced too little during the lockdown years, and uh, that wasn't a nice time, was it? No, it was not. And I think the other thing as well is like, unfortunately, we're trying to watch everything and. In- basically 24 hours isn't it like because we do we do the show sunday and and most of the stuff is like friday saturday and it's a lot to try and cram in but we'll still be able to get what we can in and and kind of go from there um but yeah there's some huge events coming up for pfl um obviously like i mentioned they've got a cardiff one and a london one um i believe they're for the semi-finals as well i think yeah so 13th of august is the playoffs the second sort of batch of them. Um, that's in Ooh. Cardiff. And I would assume playoffs one. Well, so playoff one was uh, August the 5th. Wow. Uh, that's in Madison Square Garden. They've, got, they've signed some big names as well. And then you've got a London one in uh, London, August 20th. So, wow. Uh, some big, not just big fights though, uh, Daddy. There's big money up for, for the winner of those tournaments as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's nice to see. You know, I think something that's become a topic so often is, you know, the fighters, other than people that have obviously won world titles on the, on the big shows, you know, they struggle financially. It's not an easy, it's not an easy career to sort of like try to find your way to a position where you can be financially secure. So to see such big money coming up for grabs, I think it's you know it's a real great thing. It really is good, and I think it will also force the hand of other promotions to obviously bid against them in the way of trying to draw fighters their direction rather than the other direction. So we could get into a nice little bidding war with the promotions and start offering these fighters trying to come up the ranks something more substantial. Yeah, and I think it's good, isn't it, uh, that you've got a mixture as well, like in PFL, for for instance, you've got a mixture of young fighters, upcoming fighters, and then you've also got like the older fighters who perhaps have been dropped from the UFC and stuff like that. 
So Tom's having issues. He won't let him. Yeah, in. it's just um, yeah, it's just message me saying it can't come in. Um, I'm gonna just quickly send him a message. Um, did you watch? So did you watch the UFC from last night, mid? Yes, yes, I watched that. Um, and you know, another fight, perhaps before we go on to that, I did watch the Masashi fight because a lot of people know that he's an absolute legend in the sport. You know, uh, you got people like Habib saying that he's probably the most underrated top fighter in the world. And, you know, I'd be inclined to agree with him on that. But it just wasn't his night. Uh, in fact, you know, I wouldn't say he even performed bad. You know, one thing you could say with Masashi regards his faults is that he stands very tall, almost looks like he's asleep on his feet, but he does get the job done when he's a substantially better striker than someone else. But um, uh, the, the opponent is up again. I just want to make sure I get his name right. Uh, Eblem uh, was his first name. Eblem was great. You know, it was uh, in Southpaw stance, uh, landed the cross hand on Masashi really, really early, um, rocked him. And also, he's a really good wrestler and good grappler. Shot in, took Masashi down. And really, that became the theme of the night. It was Masashi ultimately keep getting caught. He did do some great things to scramble up to his feet. And he did, did do a couple of good things on the feet, striking-wise. But, yeah, you, you just have to hand it to this kid. You know, it's like new kid on the block, new, new style, just new level. And Masashi just looked... He looks rather aged. Um, I don't mm. want to write him off by any stretch. I'm certainly not doing that. Very but dominant, it, haven't he? he has been year, so, so dominant. But here's the fault that I've always felt that he had. Um, it was a matter of time before it really got exposed uh, as bad as it did that night for him. And that's the fact that he stands so tall. Like I say, he's kind of sleepy on his feet because he's predominantly the person that's doing all the stalking. Um, a lot of people... Uh, sort of perform against him through his reputation rather than what he is or isn't doing at the time. Yeah, yeah, there's Aaron Z. Uh, and He's joining hit. us finally is uh, MMA oh. featherweight. That's annoying. Thomas. Me out. How are you, mate? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Back in the stressful, it's all right, Tom. You didn't match my. We was talking technical talk, so it would have been a little bit above you. But you were talking <laughs> shit about me when. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's been yeah. a while, Tom, since you've been on, mate. But just be uh, before we catch up with you, I'll let Danny finish off on his yeah, yeah. spiel. Go on. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, and therefore, because he's so tall, you know, his feet are kind of quite close together and he's not one of these footwork guys that sort of darting around switching his stance which has become a real modern day theme on the feet and he kept he, he was just getting set up he was just getting set up he had to worry about the real powerful overhand off that left side being the rear side uh, with the way Evelyn was uh, attacking him mm. and then kept just kept getting his legs taken away from him on the shoot and you could tell fatigue was setting in and really, the only success you can argue Musashi was having was with the jab, which we've seen so many times. But it just was not success enough. It was, uh, oh, yeah, it was really getting overshadowed by the overall performance of his opponent. Yeah, it's um, it'll be interesting how Musashi comes back from it because he's uh, he's no you know he's no spring chicken. He's not a young man anymore, but he has been so super dominant over the last since he left the UFC. So he's gonna have to you know go away again and react, and mm. it'll be interesting. Um, you just reminded me something. Um, during that Justin Burleson Reese McKee fight, um, one thing which got Justin really into the fight when after the initial period was um, when he had he was sort of behind Reese in a like clinched, but he hadn't taken his back as such. You just had him sort of clinched up from behind, and um, he was doing like this leg sweep, and 
to the naked eye, it just looked like he was kicking him in the back of the ankle, but it was like a leg sweep from behind, if that yeah, makes yeah. sense. But it was really like it looked really strange. I hadn't seen many fighters do it, but it was so effective. He did it three or four times in a short space of time, and every time Reese went down, and I think a couple right. of times he managed to scramble back up. But yeah, yeah, you mean uh, how he, it was he hook, hooking the Achilles with the front of his shin, sort of thing? He was like, he was almost up. just like booting him in the Achilles, like that's right. what yeah, yeah, behind. Yeah. It just looked like, like a golf. Yeah. yeah, it's quite. Yeah, it's yeah, it's been about for a little while that sort of mm. style of doing things. Yeah, I just haven't seen someone use it so effectively. I think probably right. uh, and have the 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 not just do it, but obviously get the success with it as well. Right. Um, whilst you're on going back to Bellator, mid, um, did you see uh, one of the fights they've set for that, that doubling card uh, in Bellator? Uh, mm-hmm. Bantamweight oh. match number seven ranked James Gallagher versus Brett Johns. In, uh, oh in really? Oh, so that is that's going to have some big fan base to either side, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Welsh and Irish. Mm. Welsh and Irish—they always yeah. turn up that, for their people. <laughs> in it, oh, yeah, yeah. That's going to yeah. be quite something. Yeah, that's a perfect fight probably, to make. Hundreds, hundreds, and and, and in, interesting matchup stylistically. Really, really interesting. Yeah, and the one opportunity for Brett as well, by the way, because I know even though he was victorious in his Bellator, you know, his uh, last fight, he was disappointed with it because he wanted to make a statement and, you know, make a bit of a splash. But I know he said in his interview afterwards, he was quite disappointed that he hadn't made a bit more of an impact. But I think everybody else was quite impressed, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so he's obviously, James Gallagher is a, Tough fight, um, so that's going to be a, a real interesting one. But it's going to be um, that I think I think that's going to be a massive card in Dublin because it's at the Three Arena, which I believe is absolutely huge. So right. that's going to be another good one for Bellator. Um, and obviously, you've got the UFC coming back to London as well, uh, July or August time, isn't it? So there's all sorts of these crazy fights coming up. Um, let's talk about our guest a bit. Uh, we haven't seen you for a while, Tom. We haven't had you on for a while, should I say? Danny sees you most days. Um, Good. How are you doing? Good. Uh, it's the best I've been since I've seen you, Simon. Um, we're on a winning streak right now in um, MMA and grappling, and um, it's been consistent. Even when um, we were on the losing streak, though, I kept showing up. Actually, kept competing, and there was. Um, Probably since I fought Kieran Lister, even though the wins weren't going my way, there was just tiny incremental um, positives I could take away, even from the fights I didn't get. And then I um, kept pushing and then coming out the other side now and sticking to the process and um, really looking forward to fighting again and just loving, loving training, loving, um, loving the martial arts, all of it, every part of the sport, really. Really good, good vibes in the gym. And... Um, Things are good, prosperous. Do you know, um, like I'm going off the top of my head now, so forgive me if I mix any fights up, but I think what I can remember of your last couple of cage, the Cage Warriors fights which you had, which you didn't come out on top of, is yeah. they were always super close and they yeah. were always absolute bangers and wars and yeah. could have probably gone either way. And I think there was right. one where I think most people thought you would picked up a victory anyway. Um, may have been the Yassine or the Kieran Lister fight. 
Both of them two fights were very close. Very close, yeah. The Yassin yeah. one, when you when you, when I watch that back, if we tally up the amount of strikes that landed compared to him, I even and I dominated him in the grappling as well. It's such a hard. I, it was a it's a mad one. But then um, after it is like it was like um, the the fight was good regardless. Um, was in a good position anyway after just to keep moving forward. Mm. You, you could spend a lot of time. Um, like um, which I did in the past, bitching about the decision, but it don't really change the future, apart from getting back in the gym and just actually learning to be better. And um, and a good fight is a good fight at the end of the day. So I was, I was after that fight, I was, I was I was happy with that. With the I wasn't happy with of course the loss because it keeps your money the same, etc. But um, it was a good place to build from. And then from there, it, it's been getting good, and um, the fight's looking good. Hundred percent, mate. Yeah. Um, can I ask you a question? Bit of a weird yeah. one, I suppose, but. Um... Do you miss your brother now that he's based out in India? And no. Like, is it is it hard? Because obviously you would have spent a tremendous amount yeah. of time together over the years, not just in life, but also yeah. training together. And and he's been you know in your corner for some of your fights and stuff like that. Most of your fights, I'd imagine. Like, how weird is was it initially when he went and swanned off? Yeah, when he first moved away, I remember like um helping him pack all this stuff up and that and um. Like um, we were did like packing Say again. Did you tell him how selfish he was to be leaving you? Nah, nah. I was well happy <laughs> for him. It's really been, it's absolutely been so good, and um, so I was actually I was well gutted, not gutted when he first uh, left. I remember seeing him off um before he got taken to the airport. I was like, whoa, like um, I don't know when I'm gonna see him again. That was actually quite emotional. But once he's out there, like um, it was been so good on both sides because I know he's um on his focus, doing his own thing, on a slight adventure. He's on his on his grind and he's learning. I, I think it's been amazing for him. I see what he's doing out there. So um, it's I feel so happy for him. I really do. People ask us, say, "Are you missing your brother?" And I say, "Brutally, like, I'm not missing him at all because he's out there, like um, living the dream." That's it. Like um, he, he, I reckon he's gonna be. When I see him again, I think he's gonna be completely different in the best way possible. We talk online a lot, um, we Facetime a lot, and I am just so happy for him. I really am. And um, when the time's right, I, I want to go out and see him. I'd like to go help him prepare for a fight there. I have no idea how long he's gonna be out there for. It's um, but when I see what he's doing and that, ah, oh, there's no way I could be missing him when I know my brother's out there having a great time. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Like, um, and not always a great time. At times, it's, it's very stressful what he's been doing and that, but in the best way possible because he's mm. working. He's working, taking on responsibilities, coaching, and um, meeting new people constantly all the time. So it's I'm so happy for him. I'm, and, uh, and of course, I'm proud as well. So... I can, I can, I can probably answer your question uh, more yeah. direct and, and, and more fully, uh, Si. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tom doesn't miss him, and I'll tell you for why. He turns up training. I'm like, yeah, they're nice gloves. Yeah, they're Richards. Another yeah. training session. Hey, what nice pads you've got? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're Richards. Then he comes jujitsu training. Hey, man, that, that's nice ski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Richards. I, I bet <laughs> so your boots is wearing, he's wearing Richard's oh, knickers right. as well. When he said he was helping Richard pack, is what he meant when he was just taking all his stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Richard uh, was just putting it in the bag. Tom was taking it out. <laughs> yeah. He took his girlfriend with him, though, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm so happy for him. Honestly, it's so good. And um, I think he might be having a fight soon as well. So anytime some jiu-jitsu out there, it's been quality. So um, it, well, I'd love to go see him out there too. But I think it's so good. He's got his own... I think it's amazing us two not being together as well. Yeah. We can... I can sometimes... I'll probably annoy him like hell when he's home, especially like... um. You know, so I think it's been great for him being away from me and um, him on his own focus, his own grind, completely individual to mine. Um, for his own development, mine and his, uh, it's, it's wicked. I'm, I'm well happy for him and I'm really proud of him for um, just going into a completely unknown situation. Um, I'm going to be picking his brains like hell when I see him next about all the things he's done and what he's seen. And it's, um, it's amazing. So... Yeah, yeah, I think he comes back um, a better fighter, better, better yeah. martial artist and stuff like that. Because obviously training out there and every day, it's going to be different, isn't it? It's, it's going to be a different really experience from over here. I, I, I think because um, he's actually um, just announced the fight this week he's got. And um, I just think like, because like, um, he's, so, he's on his own essentially out there around a bunch of strangers, which is the uncomfortable situation to be in. But because of that, that's going to unlock new parts of his of himself. Is what I truly believe. For like when I first started MMA, it was horrible. It, it, you know, boxing was horrible when I first started. It was uncomfortable. It was um, it was scary. It was unknown. It was new. And then <clears throat> looking back, I I couldn't re- regret it at all because I that they're the experiences you learn from. So he's going to be having a fight without me. He's going to be completely. Not on his own because he he make good um, relationships out there, but um, like the whole adventure is his, is his, his journey um, away from me, and um, I just I think he's going to be a completely different fighter. Everything because um, experiences is what changes us. Yeah, yeah, like, and I you know don't get me wrong, I appreciate what you're saying and I get what you're saying as well, but yeah. like, it's got to be weird for both of you as well because mm-hmm. like you've been together all your lives, so like. Yep. To suddenly be apart has got to be different for you, especially because you both, you know, you both train together as well. So you're both yeah. in the, you know, in the game and and doing that sort of training and grind. So then, yeah. when you remove that almost that comfort blanket of each other, it's going to be a different experience for you as well. Even though you're still, you know, you with Danny and the rest yeah. of the people at the gym, it's still yeah. there's a difference in there because he's your brother and yeah. No, I like it that Richard's gone. Because yeah, now but, it ain't two against yeah. one when I try and tell them how it should be regards training <laughs> and what they should do with their careers. <laughs> because since Richard's gone, I managed to make Tom go back down to featherweight for which he's yep. getting all his results from. So, uh, right. yeah. yeah. I Richard was right. I told him to go back grappling and he's destroying everyone grappling. So, uh, That's it. Destroying all these <laughs> featherweights as well. <laughs> so. Tom, what was that um, sort of thought process behind going back down and doing the not back down but doing the grappling tournaments and stuff um so in my heart of hearts and this will be because of growing up with richard um a twin brother always growing up with rough and tumble 
Um, two of the most influential people um, in grappling ever was Danny Batten and Adam Grisha. Um, I say this because when I realised just how goddamn effective that martial arts system from the wrestling to the jiu-jitsu really is. So um, I fell really in love with the grappling. And then I remember jumping on like um, the circuits back in the day, clearing out jiu-jitsu tournaments. And then that gave me like um, a confidence going into MMA fights. And then um, I had injuries and stuff that made me fall out of love of it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's been good dropping back on the grappling circuit and I can see a blueprint in my mind slightly of how I can um, do like the next part of my career. Um, it's all the arts, but I know like, um, oh man, I can grapple damn good, damn good. And I know like um, the levels that I need to reach is um, I'm nowhere near where I want to be, nowhere near, which is a good thing. Like, um, um, Daniel said, like, I've got so much to work on and that's only a good thing because I, I can see it too, so. Do you know what's interesting it. about that is, is, like, say, like, your average MMA fan or your average British MMA fan or your average Cage Warriors fan, if they asked, if you asked them, you know, what's Tom Mearns' strength? Yeah. Because of the style of fight that you so often have, they'd probably say, oh, he's striking. He's, stri he's a striker. But yeah. actually, you're going away and you're killing it in these grappling tournaments and you're on this winning streak. So, like Danny talks about, or me and Danny have talked a lot over the last probably couple of months, really, about the the level of the everybody's all-round game now at the yeah. top level is just insane. Like, everybody's good at everything. Is that another thought Thought with what you, like, we're, we're trying to get, you know, improved grappling even more? and keep going that next level because you won't yeah. be able to have the all-round game? Um, every aspect of the game. Um, I spar a little less these days because um, I've had an awful lot of fights. And what I do like about um, grappling all the time, it keeps you acclimated to fight. Like, if I'm competing in the jiu-jitsu circle ever, I'm pretty much always pretty much ready to have a fight because when you jump on a jiu-jitsu mat, um, a wrestling mat, you still another man is going to try and break your will. It's extremely competitive. And um, uh, it's uh, just such an incredible art, all of the grappling. So um, I really, I really want to get so much better in this area. And um, I really do love it. I love it. I really do. And um, look, I, I competed last weekend and that highlighted straight away, like, oh, I could be better. There could be better there. And then, um, oh, damn it. I want to jump on the mat again is how I was feeling. Um, and I literally just want to completely immerse myself in the environment to become like one with it. I just want to, um, get back on. So then I'm not thinking about like winning and stuff. I'm just completely on the process, just grappling, doing the martial arts um, and really taking part. And, and it's, it's so infinite. Like um, the muse comes to you when you just put step on the mat and do the work and and I'm feeling it. So I was like wrestling today. And, um, oh, it, it feels good. It feels good. And um, I've got some role models in the sport and they were typically wrestlers who could strike. They're the, you know, I fell in love with them, their styles and um, who, who they were. And uh, <clears throat> if you see it in someone else, you can see it in yourself as well. And, um, you know, that's, um, I, I see a way. I could um, communicate a bit better, but I do. And uh, it will come clear as so I just keep showing up and um, doing the work and committing to learning first and foremost. Indeed, mate. So, what do you think? What's what's the plan in terms of um, your MMA fight now? Like, when are you looking to get back in there? Um, I'm looking at August or September. 
I was hoping for the card in July. Um, I've got some injuries. Like uh, my arm is, um, I, I need to get it checked. I'll see how it goes in the next two weeks. If it does get better, then I will go and get it looked at. But it's it's, it's coming on um, improving. Um, I sometimes think I might be injured when I um, because of what's happened in the past. So maybe yeah. I'm overthinking a little bit. But I'm trying to take care of my health and everything because I've got because um, when I fight, I really do roll the dice hard. I'm really really willing to accept anything that will happen in there. So I just want to always make sure I'm in um, perfect health, mentally, physically, everything every time I step in. So um, I, so August and September are looking like very likely dates, and I have messaged some promotions about trying to get on their cards. Um, and then since the fight has gone, I've tapered off, but I've stayed in the gym and I stayed learning. Today, um, I didn't need to, but I made sure I turned up to wrestling because, um, oh man, I, I can be really good there. Um, and no one expects it from an Englishman, but like I know I can get, I know I can become an incredible, incredible wrestler. I really do. And um, I'm not there yet because I've got to do the work. I've got to turn up, I've got to keep working and it will come. And then um, the right people showing up as well. Got some really good people to train with. So mm. it's a good attitude, Danny, isn't it? See it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean that the attitude has taken a, a little bit of work to mould. Um, <laughs> sometimes sometimes Tom's fallen off his bike on that path that he talks about, but he's got back oh, on, good. dusted himself off. I and know. uh and sometimes, you know, I had to hold the saddle a few times to steady him. But look, he's uh, ultimately sometimes I just stick in, um, a stick in the front wheel, Danny. Uh, absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. It does we'll trip do himself we'll up push at times. The but, him from time to time. Yeah, uh, but you know that's okay as long as you're willing to do it and turn it into a positive and keep moving yeah. forward. It's not necessarily a wrong thing to go to go for. It's just stressful for all those around witnessing it. Sometimes, you know, it has been a. A difficult journey. Um, I'd say yours has been the most difficult. Um, mm. You got remember, I've known Tom a long time. I mean, you're what, twenty eight now? Twenty eight? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah. Uh, I've known Tom since he was fifteen, and yeah. my goodness, what a hell of a journey! When you think of what mm-hmm. we've both gone through personally with each other, yeah. and, and just me witnessing his journey, him witnessing my journey. So you got remember, Tom knew me throughout much of my career. He was fighting. So, yeah. When I first yeah. met you, Dan. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So many experiences have been shared between us. But uh, like I said, not been an easy journey uh, by by no stretch. And there's going to be more difficulties ahead, I'm sure. But I feel like with what he's been through and I've been through regards to us being together moving forward, I feel that it's done nothing but strengthen us for the path ahead. Um, I think good things are coming. I think title's going to come his way. Um, I, now he's back onto this martial art way of thinking because look, there's no two ways about it. Everyone knows Tom's a grinder. When you talk about his strengths, I would say ultimately he can out grind anyway. If you want, if you want to play a game of chicken with him, well, you know he ain't going to steer out the way. But we have to just control that tenacity uh, in a sense of having a martial art frame of mind and he's gone back to grappling gone back to the wrestling which was his real love regards the mma styling uh he's on he's on a good path he's on a good path and the only other thing i, I would say which he, he knows i want him to get this weight cut in um yeah. a little bit more correct um i think he just experimented a little bit of what he can and can't get away with and we hit that limit that last fight and uh that yeah. won't be happening again well i was gonna yeah. ask actually because um your your stress with that situation danny came across in the when, when we yeah. talked about it on the Sunday show, you had a bit of a, you got it off your chest. But I was kind of wanted to hear Tom's, um, you know, the way it was for Tom, because obviously you went through the same thing. 
but in very different ways. Um, like, how was that for you, Tom? That sort of couple of days coming into it and the way yeah. you're in and so I've got lessons learned from the fight last one. Um, so when I fought at February in December, I'd done two baths and like I could not believe how well my body allowed me to lose the water. So I was very heavy for my last one in December. Two baths, an hour each side of the towel, it just fell off of me. And um, going into the last fight, I got incredibly physically fit for the fight and I probably packed on some muscle as well. I most definitely did. And I was sure I was going to do it in the same kind of manner as again. So, and then I was too kind on myself for the first part, sipping water. And, um, and I thought it was going to be like, I really, at first I was calm. I knew it was a bit heavier and I was like, oh no way, it's because I'm stockier than usual. I thought, got more muscle, more muscle holds more water. Um, and I was just a bit too sure of myself to start with. And then uh, when we got through the first part, I really started suffering and it wasn't coming off. And um, oh, it was hard. Um, I got really, really ill, um, really ill. And then um, I was willing to lose half of my purse, even though like we got down to 66 point something. We was yeah, like... He was, yeah, literally just a few pounds away. Few literally. Pounds over. Ian Dean was going, just go, just go and lose the last bit. And you said, no, for the health, I'm not going to do it. And I agreed because yeah. it was not nice watching you go for it at the end of the day. Okay. But, you know, I, I hate people missing yeah. weight. And you I know hate I was it hating well. it. I, I, I was hate hating the situation. But vice versa, between me and my opponent, we were both on 66 kilos point something. We were both at the same weight to have a fair fight. Um, so I took um, took it on the chin, you could say. So he's got half of my fight purse. To, you know, that's so it's made it fair at least. It was. Do you see what I'm saying? Like um, mm -hmm. I took the hit there, and I still turn up at a respectable weight to have a fight with him, and um, and also I've compensated for the lack of professionalism to not come bang on. Do you see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? There was other issues, though, wasn't there, Tom, that we had to go through. Like, we'd done a uh, two-hour journey to, to get yeah. to the hotel for Tom to realise he left all his food <laughs> for his after-weight cut. Yeah. He left everything at home. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, he had to drive all yeah. the way back again. And I had a hurt back because uh, uh, I've been holding pads a lot. I've been training. You know, I still do a lot of training with these guys. And my body ain't young anymore, coming up 49 years old. And I had an injury in my shoulder. And being in the car was just so painful. I said, Tom, you're going to have to go on your own. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he had to go all the way there. I didn't mind that drive back, really, to be fair. It gave me something to do. No, but it, it put us behind in regards to well, time to cut weight, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just felt a bit guilty. He had to do that journey his own while I was lapping it up, chilling out with friends um, at the hotel. <laughs> well, it's my responsibility, and I should have took care of it. So that yeah, we should have been more in order. But what yeah. a thing! Can you imagine what how we felt when it was like, "You're kidding me! You what? You got to drive yeah. all the way back?" So I think yeah, you got I back at about eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, sorry. I felt calm when it happened. It wasn't too bad. It was just at the last bit of the weight cut. Um, and then, yeah. then after when I finally made weight, when I started trying to refuel Simon, I started projectile vomiting for like the first hour. Oh. Yeah, so I was trying to get some fluids back in. I, I didn't even chug that bad. Like I, I thought I, maybe a little bit because I'd lost 10 kilos of water off of a featherweight frame. So it's between featherweight and lightweight because I could 
probably had a little less muscle mass on me. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I wasn't just thrown up. I was going, and it was, yeah. you know, like some exorcism type yeah, stuff. Jesus. It, was it was horrific. Then, um, yeah, there was a worried. one point I, I, I thought about pulling him from the fight. Um, when I was sat on the bed, like, as well. what am I going to do here? Yeah. Uh, it was but not an easy situation. You- been that crazy the last couple of years and thought like this is pretty standard just go in with it <laughs> uh, yeah I wasn't surprised Tom I wasn't surprised yeah. I think had that been someone else I would have like just said look no this this is we just shouldn't do this but mm-hmm. because it was Mr. Mearns I mean yeah. let's just go let's just go with the flow let's see what happens and look he pulled off the victory um, yeah. and you've got to remember he had what like 14% chance of winning according to people's vote-ins um, you know the the other lad having like eighty six percent chance of of winning yeah. in, in I, the polling. Them I mean that's mean, just insane. Yeah. yeah, I mean I know the yeah. largely the stats don't mean anything in the yeah. big big scheme, but um and recently like Lucas Klinger who I went out to Poland with, you know he had nine percent chance of winning. I don't know why we're such big underdogs all the time, but maybe it's because you know we don't take easy fights. We're not the type of club, and I don't surround myself with people willing to take a hollow record. Because um, I think yeah. hollow records, uh, that, that's sort of like seen through these days. You you can't go 10-0 and and expect to go on to UFC if everyone you haven't strung but, together more than two wins in a row. You know? I see some fighters, Danny. They've got these incredible records. And I'm thinking, oh, I would hate to be in your position where you, you think you're sitting and you haven't actually took on a competent fighter. It yeah, would yeah. be not a nice position to be in. Um, no, no. I'd, I'd rather come up a slower way. I really would. So, yeah. um I am um, taking on um, good, solid competition. Um, uh, that's the way for me. Mm. That is the way. Well, it's, it's like that. When you're fighting that better quality of opponent, you one, you learn more stuff about yourself, you get better. But also, when you do come up against the, the UFC or the, like the top, top level fighters, you're more prepared for it than someone who's like 12 and 0 who's never fought anyone of any you know, real test, like, yeah, just because then they're, they're not ready for it and they get found out. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting one for sure. Um, I was going to ask you, Danny, um, Tom mentioned a sec, well, a few minutes ago about, um, kind of sometimes feeling like he's injured or he's holding, you know, take, carrying some knocks and stuff like that, which is understandable. Um, and I'm a bit like that. Like I feel every ache and pain and stuff because of what my body's been through over the years. You kind of feel every bit of pain, pins and needles and pain and stuff for me. So like I, I'm very in tune with it, but it can sometimes lead to you kind of overthinking it and things like that. Is that something which you've got to manage as his coach as well? Like in terms of him being concerned about injuries or anything which he's holding? Because he's obviously yeah, a, yeah. A, a traumatic uh, injury in the cage before. Sure, sure. Um, you know, sometimes uh, you know me, Raymond Paul is my assistant coach, uh, and Tom. Sometimes we have to get into a little discussion because sometimes Raymond wants people to spar more than they're happy to, and we have to sort of like create that balance there. So sometimes Tom goes, you know what? No, 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 I don't want to. And sometimes we have to give him a little push. A come on, just, just get in there, see where you're at. So it is a little bit of a balancing, but we have to take into into account you know, unique situation that Tom's in because he has had two gut-wrenching injuries. In fact, I would argue potentially career-ending. If you was a of a softer mindset, you wouldn't have Absolutely come back from this career-ending. 
because yeah, nine but... where it took me like um work life everything every part of my life i couldn't make money i couldn't do nothing after them i was fully disabled do yeah, you know yeah. what i mean like um like uh and then 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 trying to get back into like um to have on like put on scraps and stuff like uh, it was it was yeah uh, i know how my body felt and like it was like a like a literally limb off my body and then and the ankle was bad and but yeah. I, yeah, you, you no, know, I, I quite often ask you don't I? I say how's your ankle going and you know well, how's your arm feeling yeah. so I, you know, I, I know that he's carrying these injuries and not all the time Tom shows it so I do you know every oh, you know month amazing to, now. To, to six weeks I, I do ask him you know oh, how's that arm feeling at the minute and you know, I always mm. keep tabs on um, not just Tom all the students you know mm. I'm fully aware of what their bodies have and haven't gone through. I'm always checking on, you know, like Marin the other week, uh, an, another top, top prospect we got who's an amateur who will be making massive impacts in the oh, pros. Um, one hell of a striker. Um, yeah. uh, he, he went over on his ankle the other day and, you know, the next session, you know, check it up on him. How has that ankle feeling? And, you know, you do, you're in a, you're in a position of duty of care, I suppose you would say as a coach, as much as we're there to also make it uncomfortable uh, you know to push these athletes uh it's amazing to, though the hard Sorry. way to find the results yeah um you know we are in a position of care as well and i certainly do you might have noticed uh and, and tom that i did put a post up uh, with a couple of pictures where i was cornering for lucas klinger over in poland and you just see the passion in my face you know the mm -hmm. the worry that you know, my face just had pages of expression on it um and one thing i do is feel passionate and i do care um, and, and likewise, therefore, it can take a lot out of you. And that weekend, I was exhausted for a week. Oh, that mentally drained me, Tom, that week with you. <laughs> but worth yeah. it. It's worth it. Yeah. It, we, we were on a proper buzz on the way home, mate. Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. Mm. Of course, I mean, you was in so much pain. You drunk about <laughs> Tom, because he slasherated his tongue really deep. Something Still that I experienced. It on my <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not a very nice uh, feeling. In fact, I ended up with cancer in my tongue not to worry mm. your top there tom but i ended yeah. up cancer on the scarring that i had on my tongue and I had a yeah. big portion of my tongue removed mm. um so i know what lacerated tongues and that ever so uncomfortable and when we were driving home <laughs> drunk i think you drunk about eight pints of milk because you said oh it's only cold milk that makes it feel better yeah. <laughs> you're just drinking tons of milk on the way home I think it's punishment for being a little fat bastard really <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah I totally deserved deserved it. It. yeah <laughs> I like you. So that's me, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is it is difficult. Is um, is knowing um, when it's a like a legitimate, like an injury, and when it's just you're overthinking it. Because, like yep. I said, I know for myself, like sometimes you can just overthink it and think, "Oh, that's feeling a bit this or that." And and I guess it's knowing when to push through and when to say. Right, I need to have that looked at, or I need to have a break, or whatever. But also, I guess Tom, you're, you know, you're older, you're more mature. Some would say, but like yeah. you're, you, you're yeah. getting there, mate. But you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. an experienced fighter, you've been around yeah. the block a little bit, so you're almost like able to manage your own thoughts a bit better. Yeah. Like everyone is as they get older. Like you're able to sort of get everything in order a bit more. And then you've got people like Danny to yep. moan to. So I've, I've definitely learned a lot about the healing processes and, and that as well. Like I feel like I'm in much better harmony with my body as well. So like a, like um, if I get injured again, I know what to do. 
mm. mentally and physically. I really do. I really do. And I've learned from the past. Trust me, I've learned. So, um, how hard is it mentally, Tom? Like coming back from those types of serious injuries, because that's got to be uh, something you've got to really yeah. push through, isn't it? it was, the way. first one weren't too bad because I was still young and optimistic about everything. The second one was like felt hopeless. First, I was good. Then it got really bad. Um, and then, but I learned, I learned things about well, the mind going further forward into my career. So, I, I could even be a better coach because of it because of them experiences it was um it's rounded me off way more nicely because imagine if I'm, the grass was always green and yeah. always getting the rubber to green uh that's maybe not entirely the path of a champion i think you've got to fall hard you don't have to if you can get the smooth through by all means absolutely take it and um you learn more from, that, the, from a bad day than a good day mate um, yeah you learn, absolutely you learn more from failing than succeeding that's and... it that's it it's all part of the process and um it's just so good being where we're at now and um pushing through hard times and maybe i got tested to see if i really do want this do you see what i'm yeah. saying so <laughs> and and i do because i could have came up a long time ago there's so many of things could have done so um yep it's um yeah. Now, now I'm past it. Um, I don't regret it because I learned more about myself, other people, and um, I'm so grateful. I really am. I really am. I can't. I'm so excited for the future fights. Um, the present moment's great. Training's great. Learning's great. Coaching's great. And um, and the hard times are good uh, because they're so necessary. So necessary. Like, how could I coach someone through a hard time if I can't actually empathise if I hadn't experienced it? Like, do um, you see what I'm saying? Like, um, I want to see other fighters in them deep, deep waters or, or losing hope, lo- losing faith. You know, trying yeah. to do them up, trying to, like, give them um, a pep talk when I don't really know what I'm talking about. But now I do. Mm-hmm. Now I do. So, yeah. um, And if, like, like, yeah. the other thing is, mate, is if, say, one of the younger fighters within your gym picks yeah. up a serious, similar serious injury, that's going to be difficult for them, difficult for them yeah. to deal with. And, you, you know, you, you'll, you're straight away, you're able to say, you know, yeah, I know, I know what you're feeling. This is what if it happens, doing. if they want to talk, I will talk to them. Other than that, I will, I will probably, I will let them be and I'll, I'll, I would absolutely do my most to help because if it's anything, because I'm thinking about like, um, uh, I want to make this sport as meaningful as possible. In every area, so like I have to lay my life down for the sport now. Give to it. I have to give to the sport. I have to give to the fighters. Uh, like uh, I, I really mean it. I, I mean that. Like um, so, you know, if, if someone does need to talk, I'm, I want to talk. Uh, providing, yeah. but they will come to uh, you know when someone doesn't want to hear something or does, I'm not going to go and try and bash information into their ears. Yeah. Like when they want to come and talk, um, I will listen to them. Actually, I, I would just listen. And hey, do you know what's, um, what, what's strange about you know talking about all these injuries? The two horrific injuries you've had, but one being you, you broke your ankle, and the other one yeah. on Bellator where you dislocated your arm. It was like literally protruding out. It, it looked completely snapped. Um, Lucas Klinger went through almost the same. He he, yeah. he had a fight. He broke his ankle. And and damaged all his knee. He had so many surgeries. Um, mm. And then Lucas Klinger, when he was training with Linton Vassell uh, back 
quite quite a number of years ago, about six years ago, they were doing wrestling training. He took Linton down, and as they were falling, Linton counter-wrestled him, flicked him over, went over his arm and dislocated his arm exactly the same Ooh. fashion as Tom did. I don't know if you was there, Tom, for that. Oh, but, um, I, yeah, I had to pop his arm back in place best that we could and off to hospital he went. But look, that's someone yeah. else that, you know, he, you know, he's no longer a young man of about 38 years old now, but a light heavyweight. So you can go on for a number of years more than you can with the lighter weight divisions. But he just fought out in Fen 40, uh, which is a big promotion, you know, fighting a really good level guy. Um, and even with those injuries, still bagging out, still getting results at 38 years old. So look, injuries doesn't necessarily mean the end. It's just an excuse to make it the end if your mindset is not strong enough. And in yeah. these two examples, they moved onwards and continue to have amazing successes. And in Tom's situation, like a stake for the though when you go through these things. Of course, yeah. Like yeah. literally, they like they look at you like a stake. <laughs> and I feel like you can lose politically after these type of things. They'll be like, "Is this paranoia for me?" But I don't think it is. They think like he ain't the champion no more, so he can take this L. This guy's the champion. You know the the undefeated types, but that's how it goes. It, it, once they don't see prosperity in you anymore. Like um, that that's how I feel. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I'm on. Mm, uh, I'm 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 all fatty. Love of the fate. Like um, I'm telling you, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling. I'm I'm grateful for the, the um for the blunders and um, full accountability of myself nowadays. And go, go and figure and out. Sorry, and, and, I just want to say, I have noticed you've got Cage Warriors Lightweight written under Tom's name, which I'm yeah, not happy about. Really <laughs> he's he's yeah, a, I'm definitely a featherweight now. No, I we said don't that. Like you, Daddy. <laughs> Tom, yeah, Tom, I knew you yeah. would. I knew you would. He asked me, can you please put it on there? No, the, I, the next I five years is featherweight. Yeah. Next five years, I've got a five-year window. And um, let's take a crack because, wow, um, yeah, like you've been saying it, Danny, um, we can go. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. World, absolutely world class. Of course. Um, of course. And Biden, I, I turn up right. And I said I'll show up right. And I said to you this week when I saw you, um, I'm going to make sure I show up right from now on. Doesn't mean yeah. I've got to be perfect because that, that, who wants to be perfect anyway? Not me. Um, yeah, well, but, I'm perfect. It's not an easy job. So uh, yeah, just leave, like, leave that you know. job to me. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. want to put that on anyone else's shoulders. Nah. You can have that responsibility, Danny. <laughs> but you know what, Dan? I remembered, like, in that first show that me and you did before we even had the Danny Batten fight show, and I asked you, like, out of all your fighters, who you who you thought was most likely to be the most successful? And I'm pretty sure you said Tom Mearns. So you've always had that faith that Tom has the the temperament and the ability to to get to you know the elite levels it was just that other things maybe didn't weren't lining up and it sounds now as if everything's starting to to line up 
to leave that. Yeah, team. things were things were lined up, and then you know the, these these bouts of injuries happened. happened. Uh, yeah, life happened, and then because of the complexity of him having to make a living in the way that he was making a living, made featherweight an impossible task um, to, to to hit. So he had to fight a lightweight, which was not something I was ever in support with. It was um, like a hybrid times as well, Danny. Yeah, it was. He was not going through a good time. We constantly, you know, said about and touched mm. on here. But look, that was a reality of the situation. He had to fight a lightweight, although he made good account of himself up against the size difference he was facing there. He really did make good account of himself. But I know that it's featherweight where he becomes that immovable object. I mean, he's absolutely a unit at featherweight. Um and this is why he's doing well in grappling tournaments. I mean, look, you know, Tom is no um, no flower in the approach to his grappling. He, he's a grab hold of you and grind your type of, but it's mm. a martial art in its own right to be able to do that, you know? Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just know that he's physically too much for many people. Look, we all have different gifts in a given weight division, a given sport. And, and, and Tom's is like, a, I imagine him always like a wrecking ball. You know, it's not particularly a big object, but it's a big, solid, compact object. And it can beat objects a lot bigger than itself. It knocks down buildings. And that's how I see Tom's sort of style. It's not to say that it's nothing skillful in that style, because you've got to have the skill of awareness. Because Tom's fought and beat some people with some very, very pretty jujitsu. He's fought and outstruck people with some really uh, fantastic, pretty strikes. You know, he can run through people. And um, now he's on the grappler. Right they're, they're not pretty. I wouldn't say Habib's a, a pretty grappler. No, no, not all. You don't mm. have to be. I mean, uh, I like would say, it? you know, Charles, uh, Charles is a very, I'd say, pretty grappler. You know, oh, wow. He yeah. Looks visual. Incredible. He looks visual. But yeah. that, that doesn't mean that that's the only way to get wins. That doesn't mean that's the way you have to win when you're on the ground. You know, you can just literally pin up the position and ground a pound on. That's the nature of MMA. There's so many variants to win on that ground. Um, in the ground situation. Some people just f- amazing at winning off their back. Um, fair do some. And I say that's a very, very hard task in the modern day of MMA. But um, you, you get some people that, that do do that. Um, yeah, that's why I love MMA. Yeah, I love it. So many variables. I would like to make it more artistic, that's for sure. Just just a little bit. Just, yeah. just a bit yeah. flair in there. Interesting. There's um, some really interesting uh, stuff going all on. All, all over the place at the moment. Um, one thing which has really caught my eye today. Uh, so Dominique Woodin um, put a tweet out and he said, people are trying to block me from moving forward with my career. Uh, I've had an amazing deal on the table and they won't release me from my contract. I'm worth more than what you're paying me. So why are you trying to stop me from bettering my life? And he's mm. tagged in Cage Warriors, Craig Graham Boylan and Ian Dean. Um, mm. That is something which has been rumbling on, I think, kind of quietly in the background and but it's now uh well it's very public shall we say easier yeah. um, he's, you know, he's the he's bantamweight champion i think in cage warriors um yeah he's on a, he's on an absolute tear uh he's also also powered by violent money like us um yeah 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 he's like got a really good striker hasn't he yeah, yeah he's got um, really Oh, there's a thread. So I'll just follow up on what he's uh, kind of followed up there. Um, he said, my chapter with you guys is done. I've done what I set out to do. I've wiped out your division within a six-month period. I have nothing left to prove at Cage Warriors. I want to move on and move forward with my career. Please release. Well, he didn't say please. He says, release me from my contract ASAP. 
At the end of the day, closed mouths don't get fed. Uh, this is prize fighting. Us fighters are here to get paid, not played. This is the new era, violent money for life. Um, and then he's tagged in some other people, which I'm assuming he wants to think. I think um, it's kind of one of them, isn't it? Like, if he's got an offer from the UFC, it's what you like. What? Why wouldn't they release him to go? I don't know how many fights. He, you know, I don't know what his contract is, how many fights he's got on, and stuff like that. Um, but it. It does seem as if sometimes I don't want to put anyone in on like awkward positions, but it does feel like sometimes like they can be selective on who they sort of pushed in that direction. Um, like Dominic Wooden to me seems like the obvious one of the most obvious fighters they've got on Cage Warriors to go to the UFC next. He's absolutely yeah, decimated, he's decimated that bantamweight division and he's doing entertaining doing it. Yeah. So, sounds like he's got an offer on the table. Why do you think they wouldn't release him, Danny? Like, uh, I, I think once once you uh, you know break that contract deal, you you know they're going to have a whole load of people threatening to do the same thing. It just it just is disruptive to the order that a contract makes. Um, at the end of the day, he had an agreement and he signed it, and that mm. that's the difficulty. It's not to say that. You know, morally, someone, you know, when you look at their situation and you see the story of a situation that we couldn't, as fans of theirs, say, oh, that's an unfortunate situation. Yeah, out of the moral situation, he should be released. But as a business, as a company that Cage Warriors run, if we're going to aim it at any promotion, to be fair, a contract is a contract. You have to fulfill it. So... This, another way I look at it is with the UFC, when you go into the UFC, you know you're on a certain amount. I think I think it's 12,000 per fight. And then after that, you have three fights. So that generally they give you a three-fight deal. And then if you do well in those three fights, you then get to renegotiate for some big money. That's right, yeah. And you see some fighters get that big deal, some fighters get released, and that's the way it is. But... Can you can you treat each fighter on an individual basis? So if Dominic Woodin, for instance, is saying, you know, I've beaten everyone who's come, I've got say I've got two fights left on my deal, should he be allowed to renegotiate the amount he gets paid from Cage Warriors for those last couple of fights on his well, deal, or should he yeah. see that at the same rate? Do you see what I, I mean? mean? From what I mean, from what I understand. Each each fight, I think, could be renegotiated. Just because you've got a four-fight deal doesn't mean you get a set right, okay. amount of money. Um, as far as I understand it, I mean, I've not seen the contracts differ yeah, from yeah, how course. I'm seeing it. Um, so, yeah, you know, he can certainly negotiate himself. But look, if you want to have fast cars, a nice house, you know, you're not going to do it fighting for cage warriors. But cage warriors will never, in this current situation say that that's what they're going to be offering fighters what they do offer them is a plot platform that if you become a case warriors world champion you are proven world class and you normally get the trip to the ufc's and that's where everyone shows now even when you get to ufc's it ain't going to be your first contract that makes you a lot of money although there are some oddities um 
that, that, that people can make, you know, but some people just got that character and that works in their favor. That's the yeah, you know, nature so. of the sport. I would say that's, you know, arguably unfair, but that is part of the sport. Some people are just However, great on the mic. You know what you're saying there, mate? And then look, no bones about it. You're talking about Paddy, but Paddy's mm-hmm. not making that additional money from the UFC. He's making the additional money from Barstool Sports, from deals that he's getting because he's in the UFC, but he's not making that money. Like he's, 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 you put a tweet out a couple of Because he made a point, didn't he? Yeah, because um, someone was saying you should fight whoever in the top five or something. And he said, I will fight them. But not until I'm getting paid, you know, you know, the the value of what I will to to fight a top five fighter. At the moment, yeah. I'm on twelve grand to fight or whatever. I can't remember the exact figure, but it's it's basically like the the generic deal that they give out to everyone for that first deal. Mm. Um, so like he's not making that additional money because he's being treated different differently from a contractual point of view is he being treated differently from a promotional point of view probably but that's another story that's separate for me do you see what i mean yeah yeah like yeah um but also like people's value to the promotions changes so like when dominic wooden come in to cage warriors and i'm only using him as an example because he's the one that kind of started the the conversation going but when he came in maybe not many people knew who he was and then he's come in, he's had whatever, I think three fights or four fights or whatever. He's won them all convincingly. His value as a fighter now to the Cage Warriors is, I would argue, a couple of hundred times more. He's more commercial, commercially viable to them than he was when he negotiated that first contract. So if they're not... I don't know. It's a weird thing, isn't it? Because he's like you say, he's, if he's got four fights or whatever, he's got X amount of fights left. But if they're not willing to pay him what he thinks he's worth for those X amount of fights, you're kind of at a standstill, then, aren't you? Because yeah, see, he, I, he, I would imagine. I mean, I don't know because I'm not running yeah. a promotion, but I can only but imagine that Cage Warriors have a, a set criteria: who gets what, where, when. And they stick yeah. by it no matter no matter who you are, and and that's how you frame a business model. Of course, and yeah. they've probably been running this business model the way it's been for the last number of years, for which it's made itself a huge success. So you know why should they change? I mean, it's frustrating. I want fighters to get more money. You know, I I see firsthand the difficulty some of the fighters have. Um, you know, that can't have really supportive parents or. or <laughs> really supportive uh, partners that are financially, you know, in a stable position where they can train full time. I mean, look how different Luke Shank's life is. You know, he had, he had to go up north and live in a gym. That was the sacrifices he was willing to make to to train full time. It ain't easy. But, you know, if you want financial success in a sport that's very, very competitive, it ain't going to be easy. It's as simple mm. as that. You're, you're going to have to go through some hardships. And at times it's going to seem unfair, but life ain't fair, unfortunately. And it's just a process. You know, it's a very difficult argument. I can't imagine, unless it's a, a, um, a, an opportunity for him to go to UFC, for which Cage Warriors have a close relationship with, I'm sure they don't want to ruffle the feathers of, Cage, uh, of UFC. Um, I think the bonds between Cage Warriors and UFC are really close. I think Cage Warriors is largely successful because of that route to UFC that they have. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, I think for that part, bypass, so. for that part, um, Cage Warriors probably mindset as a company is you need me more than I need you. Mm. And so they, they, ha they have the control. Listen, you know, at the end of the day, when you work with your manager, if you have one or you uh, work with the promotion as an individual, when you sign a contact, you know what you're getting into. And yeah, it's, a, it's a literally as simple as that. And it puts Dominic in a very difficult situation. And I do feel for him. I do um, feel for him. But he put his pen to paper at the end of the day. Tom, I'll come to you now, mate. I just want to put yep. this question to Danny. Um, Danny, you don't have to answer this, mate, because I'm not looking to put you into an awkward position. Gaz has just put a question in the chat, um, which I am interested in, if you like the point of view. But also, like, you know, it is what it is. We're just having a conversation generally. Um, but Gaz says, do you think there's a conflict of interest where Graham Boylan is the manager of some fighters, but not all fighters, and... Obviously, he's the manager of Cage Warriors as well, and then he negotiates with the UFC. And I know it's something which um, I think it was Ariel Hawani brought up previously, but I apologise if it wasn't him. But Gaz just basically says, would Dominic Wooden be treated differently if Graham Boylan was his manager? Uh, I can't categorically say so, but no. I could understand why any why why anybody might choose to feel that way, and 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 I'd be lying if I was to say that I wouldn't sometimes feel that way if it was one of my fighters that were in a difficult situation. I felt that he wasn't given a fair rap. Mm. Um, but, you know, we've had Graham Boylan on, a very, very yeah. impressive individual, Absolutely. and an individual that made it very, very apparent that he cares first and foremost the beyond the, 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 the money is the safety of the fighters, which is worth more than any money. So the previous thoughts that I had of Graham have been changed since speaking to him on the podcast and mm. um I, you know i'm at that stage of my life and have been for a number of years where i know that there's many times that i am wrong um sometimes mm. i'm outwardly wrong where i express a point of view and i get add up on it and i can hold my hands up I, i've got no ego of issue to admit that i'm wrong um but graham boylan is in it for 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 good things for the young tenacious fighters boys and girls um, ultimately to keep their healths good as they strive to be the best they can be and hopefully the best that they can be is something that they can platform off of Cage Warriors to UFCs and other promotions to make a, a real um, living for themselves and yeah um, but he, he is a businessman nevertheless and he will have a business model that stick very very strongly to but I just don't know enough information to know whether either you can get any evidence together to say that he's treating one fighter over another just because he manages them. Do I think it's morally uncomfortable for a promotion to also manage fighters that are within that promotion? Yeah, it doesn't sit comfortable with me. But that doesn't mean that he can't do it because it's his promotion and it's his management. So, you know, we could choose not to put our fighters in there just because we might face one of his fighters that are managed and not only fighting under his punishment, but managed by him. We, you know, but that's our choice to therefore not go the Cage Warriors route. But it goes back to that thing that I said earlier. He could just argue, look, you know, you need me more than I need you. You know the score. You know the environment. Sign up to it or don't sign up to it. I'm not making you do anything. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky one. Um but I appreciate the question, Gaz, as well, because I got. Oh, yeah, it's a good question. I've seen I will never people, sh you know, talk about sorry, that sorry. and say that it's like a bit of a. Yeah, uh, it was a hard one. And stuff like that. But 
difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I say, you know, in judgment of meeting Graham Boylan, I, I think he's a fantastic individual that's doing amazing things for the sport. Um, and I think nothing other than better of him since that we had him on. I feel like I got to know him on a more personal level. I still really don't know the guy. But certainly that question from Gaz was, uh, uh, um, you know, one that I just say, and, and I stand by this whole moral thing. Um, you know, morally, it feels a little uncomfortable. And I can understand what other fighters would be uncomfortable with that situation. But like I say, it's ultimately, you know, do you sign up for this promotion that does that? Um, or, or don't you? It's up to you. Look, at the end of the day, if you're going in there and you're winning, you know, you're going to get through the path that you want to get to. And if that's UFC, just keep winning and it will come. Indeed. Uh, Tom, anything to add on that subject, mate? Um, you, you get what, what you negotiate at the end of the day. So um, it, it, is, it is that. I um, Early in my career, um, I've always... I wanted to be um, competent first and foremost. So I wouldn't want to be asking for big money. And it's like, well, who the hell are you anyway? Like, who have you fought and blah, blah, blah. So before I ever got to the stage where I'm getting paid good, I wanted to be a certified, legit fighter. And, um, but yeah, you, you got to, you got to, you know what the contract is, read for the contract. Um, I'm a free agent as of right now, so I do need to make sure it's actually prosperous for me to even fight. Um, so I've only been doing one fight deals since I finished my five fight. And um, because there, there's absolutely other promotions interested in having me, you know, I mean, I'm 16 professional fights deep now. So um, it's getting hard. So I, I haven't even got a manager. I've had managers um, offer to manage me. And um haven't taken on any management people yet, but I know I could definitely get a lot more money than what I've been fighting for as of lately. Um, so I'm willing to fight hard for it as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to get my career prosperous. I'm, I'm interested in the Cage Royals world title because um, I'm absolutely going to have a world title before I'm done with this sport. So... Um, it is a hard, hard one because you wouldn't want to sign into become a world champion in order to repress yourself. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, how does that make sense? But the contract is the contract. So then you don't want to be um, like, oh, you can be well, you can fight for the world title under the conditions you've got this um, contract you've got to fill out. Imagine you get um, a world title and then you're tied into a contract where you're not making any money and then you're fighting, what, the, the next Conor McGregor's? You know, just, I'm saying, look at the competition. Is that dangerous? The people you'll be fighting, you may never be the same man again when you leave that cage. They can cause that much harm to you. I'm not exaggerating. Mm. So... But it's my response that, like, yeah, I know it's uh, if a contract comes my way, I've got, to, I've got to read it through, I've got to check it. Um, and I do love, I like the vibe on Cage Warriors. You know, I've, I've rocked up at Bellator events, I've rocked up at Cage Warriors events, um, for the pure love of the sport. I, it's damn good, it's damn good. Um, but it's, it's clearly a big issue in in MMA now. So, um, fighters are speaking out, which is good, and um. You know the the people doing these shows and the fights. We've got to start communicating better. Actually, instead of signing um, a contract and then having a big emotional reaction because you felt like something wasn't fair, that's not that's no good either. So um, 
is it is a delicate subject because I understand why fighters get resentful because we are putting our lives on the line. And um, but then no, no one's really making us do it. We do love to do what we do, and um, we want the big time. And Cage Warriors has always been a shot at the big time. It's a, a certified world title, and some of the greatest fighters in history have held that world title. So, um, ah, uh, you know, I can't talk for other fighters, but um, I, I've probably I've made many mistakes financially in my career. So now I have to start getting my business head on as well. Because I wouldn't want to be a burden to the people around me as well. Because I'm I'm pursuing a passion, a career, a love, and it's a delicate subject. It is, but um, yeah, the fighter pay ain't good enough. But then vice versa, how profitable is it? Me fighting on certain promotions. So I know that first. Like, does it make them money? Me coming and fighting on their their show. Yeah. Am I pulling in big numbers? So I I, I want to work with these companies too but then if they're signing me into these big deals because they can sign you into a five fight deal and then you're having decision fights and then you start losing your decisions even if they're close for the first part of your contract you're thinking hmm then you're staying on the same purse as you're going through your contract so I, I'm avoiding um, any multi um, deals because they're not prosperous and they'll get advertised online like oh you're you're in a lucrative deal no, that's I, I think question. I think that you know most of the time, if you're looking for say a, a three fight deal, let's just say, um, yeah. I think you should uh, have it done on a win basis. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's always good when a promotion offers up something like submission of the night, knockout of the night, performance of the night. I think these are all good things to strive for. So it's not just on your results, but I think ultimately it should be structured on results. So if you go in and you're going to get um, 5,000 for a fight and then you get a win bonus as well, that's really good. And then because you've won your next fight, they'll say if you've won previously, we'll give you seven and seven, you know, seven plus seven win. I think this is the kind of way or kind of contract I'd be looking to try and sign fighters up for and what I'd be trying to push but that's very dependent on the promotion and you know what means of, to, of finances have they got. Is the money there? Is what I want to know. Is the money there? Because I understand you've got to be constantly building up the company. You can't be just um, dishing it out all the time if you're not making the company stronger. So first and foremost, you've got to fill the company's cup, I guess, to even um, have this have the thing alive and working. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, but then, ultimately, Tom, you know, you're you're all part of the entertainment business. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah. Um, but the company does the need the fighters the as well. The company mm-hmm. does need the fighters. Why do you turn up to um, Cage Warriors? Because you want to see, see world-class fighters fight, and they've got that. So, um, um, yeah, they, they and that, communication. That, and, that, and, and that's the strength of, of any promotion, any successful promotion. The strength that they've got is if they've got yeah. something to offer, um, you know, some, some won't like it and will leave. Some will kick and stamp their feet. Some will refuse yeah. to sign up. There'll always be yeah. others. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the difficult situation that individual fighters that stand alone have in this situation. Um, I just wish the best for Dominic, you know, because, you know, he is a fantastic, exciting fighter and he's definitely got a lot to offer um, any promotion that he goes under. But I I, mean, I don't know what his situation is in depth. But let's just say he's got two fights outstanding. If he feels that he's head and shoulders above um, everyone else, Regardless, I'd say just you know, get, get these fights done, get it out of the way, and release yourself. 
It's not a casual thing either, though. It's not a casual thing. So if you could say, like, all right, so you're tied into this contract, um, you could potentially die in your next fight. <laughs> you never know. Like, um, you want to be motivated to go in there and fight. So if you go in there to fight and then you're not even going to break even for, say, your 16th professional fight and you're fighting one of the best um, people in Europe, um, mentally, that's not good for a fight. And then if you take a, a, a loss to two loss, people sweep you under the rug. Yeah, um, but look, the, you know, I will argue this though. Um, with this situation, the, the thing is, with Dominic Willing doing what he's doing, and you know, people will argue to and fro on whether it's right or wrong that he's really put this out into the public forum. It certainly mm-hmm. creates creates great discussion, and it could iron out issues and allow promotions to perhaps see how some of the fighters feel, and they might make changes accordingly because of it. But you know, a per, another promotion is going to see him as a dangerous take on regards contracting him because what happens when they if he feels that they ain't going to also pay his worth are they going to start being slapped all over social media you know he becomes a a risk for other promotions to take him on Uh, so you know it's a difficult route that he's choosing to take Uh, and I'm not saying he's wrong to do what he's doing I mean it's all your personal choices but you know if Tom you wanted to start posting all the way you know all over oh, i don't like this and don't like that about the promotion i i would explain it in that way and say listen you're an individual of your own right to express how you want where you want and and, and so on and so forth mm-hmm. but there can be potential consequences of it and i hope that other promotions don't look at this and start saying saying or thinking to themselves you know what i ain't going to have someone that's going to potentially be a big god what, what happens if something happens in my promotion that you don't like and you know we're going to start being exposed in a bad way. On the life. other hand, some promotions might look at it and think, do you know what? I would love to have Dominic Wooden in my promotion. Let's get him in and offer him what he's worth. Yeah, he's got a lot to offer. You're absolutely right. So he, you know, he has he's got some guy. strengths. Um, I just hope he doesn't you know, ruin yeah, it I by this going the wrong way for him. Uh, yeah, we just have to watch this out of interest. Um, I'm kind of curious to see what will happen now and perhaps find out more about what his actual personal situation is. He might be tied in for another three or four fights and for which case it's like, oh, but why that sign in to such a big crime? That could be yeah. an absolute mountain. Um, imagine yeah. that. Imagine if, um, like, it, uh, who knows how many fights he has left in his contract. Imagine, like, how much health has he got for the money that's even coming in? Mm. Like, if I've got to take that, like, how much health have you got to put on the line for um, the money that is coming in because they want to fight or mm-hmm. you, you've got to be able to afford um, to be able to eat, pay your bills, get to training. And, um, and then there's some next guy who's well, yeah. absolute killer. So um, I, I, I yeah, would always say this. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a manager, although no. I have sort of done that indirect but for certain if, people. I if you want, got um, some fights. You should look after your fighters, though. If you want... Um, People will always perform better in a positive frame of mind. You will always work better for a company in a positive frame of mind. If a company respects you, you're always going to do the most for that company. If a company yeah. looks after you, man, I will put it on the line. Um, and then if you don't feel that, it, it's going to be hard to try to rock up and um, and claim to be the champion of the world of this thing if, if you don't feel they, they even care for you. And... Um, so, like, um, it's got the fighters have to work with the the promotions, and they mustn't. They got to think through these contracts because a contract is a contract. Once you signed it, that is on you. And but vice versa, if you want um your um fighters turning up and fighting with all their heart, 
and to support your company, you've got to look after him. Uh, like mm-hmm. if, if I was running a warehouse or something and I started disrespecting my um, employees, well, they're going to downright start stealing my I know stock to compensate for so they can pay bills or, or whatever. You know, I don't know. Did he have a manager? Did he arrange the contract yeah. himself? I don't know. But like I say, you I, I don't, I'm not a specialist in the managing field, um, yeah. but I have been exposed to many managers have been in contact with many of them through other fighters. But mm-hmm. I would suggest this. I think a three fight contact contract is kind of like the perfect number. Um, yeah. Why? Because you can certainly uh, make the con- uh, make the uh, promotion realize what kind of effect you can have uh, within any given division that you're competing in. If you're getting three wins, emphatic wins at that, you know, you're going to renegotiate those next three fights, which is not too long, um, but you can e- renegotiate those and get something that's more satisfying. The problem with, say, five, six or seven fight contracts, particularly on smaller promotions, and you start realizing, you know what, I'm head and shoulders above all these, of course you're going to be left feeling trapped in a promotion that you don't... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details feel that um, really is adequate for your level, which seems to be what Dominic Wooding is um, experiencing right now. Um, Yeah, just don't get tied into contracts. As a piece of advice that I would give any of my fighters, don't get involved in a contract that's really big unless you've already made it on UFC Bellator where they are giving you 30, 40 grand per fight with win bonuses and submission of the night. Then albeit you'll sign up because you've kind of reached the the pinnacle of your sport. Is it there? Is it there to look? Is, is MMA just doing that bad as a sport? No one's interested in it, or no? I think um, is, is it there? The like is there for the um, ranked fighters, is there? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, surely there's some money there to pay the fighters. Is that, like, man, I, I was walking through town the other day. You know, you're walking through the high street, just peered through someone's window. MMA, boom, on the TV. Like, you know, you just walk, like people love MMA. Mm. um people love the sport um how prosperous is it like um i think it's what i think it's an amazing sport incredible sport so like um so yeah i i I, you got work with a company to make sure things actually are profitable and you can actually get paid um and they they can build up their company and make their company strong in order so you can actually get paid so is are these companies just doing really bad are, are, are they, do you know, like they, they can't... The thing. We, we don't really know. I don't know. Look, you know, when, when a, a promotion's doing one after another, it's a little bit like the battle arena. You know, if you ever speak to the guy, um, uh, James, you know, he, he'll tell you there's no money to be made. Well, he's mm-hmm. running a show, which ain't an easy task. He's running a show practically every weekend sometimes. Um, he ain't doing it because he ain't making no money. He's doing it because he is making money. And like any businessman, they are not going to throw money away for free. So if they can get fighters at the minimum price, they will get fighters at the minimum price. And if there's an abundance of fighters and some fighters uh, won't want to take on uh, that, that sort of uh, sense of value, there'll be others that will. 
and and that's the way it's going to be. You know, um, the sport I just hasn't reached that era yet where uh, where where a fighter can be bigger than a promotion. I think the I think boxers have reached that stage where they really call call the shots. Um, isn't it something like eighty percent of the proceeds? Um, of a promotion when you've got a top, top boxer, is it, doesn't it go to the boxers where it's the reverse for MMA? I think it's only 20% of the proceeds uh, that come into UFC go to the fighters. Um, it just hasn't reached that point yet, but will it? Probably so, uh, but not for many, many years. And I'd argue decades. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a very complex um, kind of conversation. But ultimately, I think we all want to see fighters get paid what they're worth and, and get paid more. Um, I think they'll fight better as well. They're going to be fitter, uh, stronger, healthier. Um, and they will fight better. They'll, they'll actually will come in better and they're going to be more motivated. Like, um, uh, See, I don't actually think so. And um, I disagree. Uh, I, I know on my part, because if I got paid better, um, I, my, my nutrition would be better. Um, my healthcare, like, have you seen the amount that a basketball player invests in his health to stay on top of his game? Yeah. I have like yeah, yeah. I, I, wars where yes, I get so. like um, fractures on my bones. Okay, and yeah. then I want to uh, get back in the ring again to have another. Um, to to I, sure. I want to give but my all on the line, but I can't even argument, invest in my health. My argument for that yeah. Tom, is, yeah, you're 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 saying that regards someone that's the very pinnacle of their sport. And yes, there's a credible amount of money to go to, to these athletes and they spend an incredible amount of money to keep their health absolutely tip top because they have the financial means to do so. But ultimately, they had the, they had the motivation to. They're very, very special individuals. You know, anyone that makes it in UFC now or boxing at the level that it's at or, or basketball in the level that it's at because it's been around for so many decades, they're very unique individuals. But there's mm. so many other individuals underneath that. So, say if you overpaid them uh, early, that it would actually go against them. Um, They'll go like rock know. star mode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is what I mean. So, I know from my heart of hearts, I would have absolutely, I would have had more fights. I would have been willing to take on tougher competition. Uh, finances has been one of the biggest obstacles, which is my, I've got to deal with it. I've got to deal with it. I've got to learn and figure out a way. Yeah, um, see, but you but, you probably will fall into you know more of the unique personality like, that uh, when, are so driven um, to succeed. My surgery, I was in, I was like uh, I was in the the big cogs machine of the NHS, and I, they saw me as just another like typical smoker or like um I didn't see me as an elite athlete, but I'm on the world stage, like the pinnacle of the sport. Yeah. Bellator um, potentially nearly made the crack in the Ultimate Fighter, and. Um, I, yeah. I, I couldn't get any private healthcare. I had to wait. So the injury was in May. So I had to wait for, um, it was in August. I, I had my surgery. Do you see what I'm saying? But if I was a compensated athlete, I would have had surgery that week. Yeah, but like that's, that. Uh, you know, if, if you're at the pinnacle of sport and you got the money, you would do that. But I couldn't. I had to. I couldn't even work or, or nothing. Yeah, um, do you know your, your difficulty and so many others regards UK fighters find it so much harder than other promotions. So, as an example, when I was over in Poland, yeah. there's so many more sponsors that sponsor each individual fighter. So, mm. so much so that really, it's not the promotion that pays them anything that's worthwhile. 
I mean, that's just a little added little token. You know, a lot of them were earning their salary from sponsors, ultimately. But let's go deeper than that. Really, this is the job of a good manager. Now, a good manager will bring those sponsorships. They will have attachment of companies that are willing to sponsor fighters that are attached to that, that, that manager. Um, you know, to me, perhaps it's more of a manager's uh, importance rather than a promoter's to, to, to pay the fighter something substantial in a way to get by in a lavish uh, lifestyle of any sorts. Um, I think managers play a big, big part. And I think there's so many managers that just take their 20% and they don't really do anything other than pass the contract paper from one hand to another to be signed and they're taking their 20%. I, I say you're a good manager. In the past. Yeah, I feel I, like I say a, a good manager is myself. Sure. But a good manager would be someone that's going to bring those uh, uh, companies to you, to sponsor you, to give you a salary, to give you that comfort and peace of mind, to be able to train, push hard. And, uh, of course, at first for your first contract, as an example for UFC, you know, not get as much as people would perhaps expect a UFC fighter to get. But certainly, if you're succeeding in that first uh, contract, your next contract of three or four fights should be more substantial if you've made a good account of yourself. And then, okay, probably the promotion would start paying something more than that manager would bring to you in form of a sponsorship. It's so much more of an in-depth situation than, and probably even we're making out now. But even in this discussion, it's probably rising a few eyebrows of how it is Probably so many people who sit on the couch and watch MMA as a fan think that the fighter just fights and trains every day. And it's all hunky-dory. They probably think that any UFC fighter that are fighting in UFC are probably really well off when it isn't the case. But they probably just think it's a case of promoter plays the fighter and that's it. But it, it ain't that. It's so much more than that. And just unfortunately, UK fighters, as my observation, is that there's not very many UK-based companies that feel that they can have anything from a fighter in, in terms of uh, financially outlaying them for them to advertise themselves. But in Poland, there were so many, so many. They, they would put these uh, you know, 24-hour tattoos all over the bodies uh, of these fighters. Um, you know, you just don't, you don't see that in the UK. It's really, really hard come by. Um, you know, this is why I really respect uh, what Jordan's done. Jordan's always in abundance with sponsorships. I've never known a fighter like it. He's probably the only one that I know of that seems to have been able to get access to, to, to companies that sponsor him. And, you know, I'm sure if you ask Jordan, you know, how have you been able to get by to train full time? It won't be from what he's made from promotions. It would have been made through either the management or, or the, 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 the companies that sponsor him. Uh, but that's the ultimate difficulty I think UK-based fighters have. They just don't have no support from companies. Yeah. It really, uh, really interesting conversation. Um, I cannot believe that it's like quarter ten. That time is absolutely Must be flown by. Me. One of the longest interviews we've had yeah, for certainly the recent by. times. Um, I've missed him for the first half. <laughs> yeah, well, just, you know, disappeared, didn't he? For the first Another thing with the, with the fight thing, though, so like oh, Tom. A, you know, but as a fighter, I guess I've got to do the ticket sales. I've got to be um very profitable to be on. But I don't want to. I want to. I, I want to rock up as Tom Mans, and I want to do it with um the talk with my fighting and pure action of the sport. So if I I can't be asked with all this doolally stuff trying to. Oh, what the hell are you talking about, Tom? You did turn up as Tom Mans. You didn't bring yeah, your weight cut stuff. You were ten kilos it. overweight. I mean, what so, more um, do you want? <laughs> They say you got to market yourself and that, but I mean, 
uh, yeah, I just want to do the action. I just, I just want to, I want to do, do the fights, and then um, you just come out and turn up as Tom Nans. You're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll be got welterweight if I turn up at Tom Nans. So. <laughs> um, I got a box of Lindor right there, bro. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> do I get risky? You are then, Danny. I got a challenge for you, mate. Right. Because I have really, really got to wrap this whole show up now. Um, you give me a rundown of yesterday's UFC in sixty seconds. <laughs> oh uh, my goodness! Oh my god! In general, uh, what you enjoyed, what was good, who was good, whatever. Just a quick rundown. Don't have to be anything. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Just let me just get the names up because it's the names you struggle with you, more it? than anything else. Uh, uh, so we'll just start at the top. Um, Gamrot versus Armin. Uh, Armin looked absolutely incredible uh, against Gamrot in the first two rounds. It was probably round three you saw Gamrot, Gamrot begin to break down, probably using the whole basis of cardio. Armin started to slow down a little bit. I wouldn't have been surprised if the result went either way at the end of it, but it went in favour of Gamrot. And I think, you know, that's fair because Gamrot was the one that was chasing takedowns as well as the strikes and the submissions, was perhaps showing a little bit more diversity than Armin. Armin looked utterly devastated, but that won't be the last you'll see of him. In fact, you know, I'm sure we'll see this fight run back at some time in the future. But Gamrot, I'm a real fan of his style. I love the way uh, he grapples and his striking ain't half bad either. But well done to Gamrot. Um, and Armin, he, he'll be coming back from this. Um, showed some incredible kicks, incredible defensive wrestling. Uh, then we had Neil uh, Magny. Um, I love Neil Magny's style. I think, you know, I really have warmed to his style, but it was very disappointing. Um, something that I'm very, very big on is to don't kick, or very few times will it be beneficial for you to kick to what I call the close side of the body. So if you're left leg forward, to kick to the body on that left side, you know, the, the, the dividends, the returns of any success from doing that is really overshadowed by the fact that you can get taken down with a leg catch, um, have a leg catch and be counter cross punched. And this happened. He threw two body kicks to the close side, got taken down two times and um, it led to him being submitted. Um, I was really confused by that. Um, you know, he's so much better than he showed, uh, but you can't take nothing away from uh, Shevkat. Uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. What? Um, uh, Hakamanov or something like that, how you pronounce his name. No, he did what he did. Um, he got given an easy opportunity to win those rounds and, and to take the submission, and he did so in incredible fashion. So, yeah, back to the drawing board for Neil Magny, unfortunately. Uh, then we had Josh um, Prison versus Alan Bodot. Bodot looked really good on the feet, looked really quite explosive, and it looked like he was going to get the better of uh, Prisian. But Prisian started scoring takedowns at the end of the first round. And you could tell that he knew that uh, Bodot was really lacking on the ground, really lacking and lacking in the wrestling. So he knew he could get it to the ground. He absolutely come straight out, gone into the ground. Um, and Bodot just was not showing any capabilities of knowing how to scramble back up to his feet in any um, safe fashion, receiving lots of blows. And uh, yeah, it was an easy win for a Parisian in the end. But took him a little bit of damage for him to realise how it was so easy to, to get the win with the takedown. But, you know, it did take a lot of damage on the feet. But that was a great, great win for him. Um, Medoff was amazing against uh, Manis. Manis is really, really good, 14-1. So you know that this record is, is pretty good. And I've, I've seen this guy fight before. Um, very, very good. But he just come up so short. 
against Norman Egov. He, he was just incredible, showing good striking, good takedowns, amazing grappling control. Um, you know, I'm not surprised with sort of like that showcasing of skill set that he went on to to win that fight. Um, and the last one was Thiago Moises versus Gigos uh, uh, or Gigos. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Thiago made such short work of it. Um, shot in, entered in, kind of just wrestled him up, grappled him up, um, and, and got the submission win in very, very short order. It was a very easy night's work for Moises. Um, Moises is someone that really impressed me back along. Uh, and then, then he got defeated, and I, I kind of like was a little bit disappointed in his performances, but he seems to have got himself back on track. And, yeah, you know, I think he can make some waves in the division if he carries on with dominant performances like that. How did I do? I know it won 60 seconds, but... That's pretty good. Three minutes done. Yeah. I like that, mate. I like that. Um, guys, as always, an absolute pleasure. Really interesting conversation tonight. Tom Mearns, thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Uh, Training tomorrow? Pleasure, mate. Oh, no. yes. Yeah. Yeah, see you tomorrow, Tom. Yeah, see you tomorrow. Thanks, thanks for coming you. on. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. You'll be surprised, although you know I'm training with Tom all the time. We normally don't get to talk uh, as deep or as long as we did uh, just now. So it is. Uh, well, I'm it's about nice to bringing people together. Yeah, do. absolutely, absolutely. Tom, go and drink some beer and eat some chocolate, mate. <laughs> oh, we're we'll going to got... take a couple of days oh, off. We're training on Friday. Oh wow. <laughs> Right, guys, as always, pleasure. Check out um, Fume as well, breathefume.com. Use code Ace Nation. Give up smoking today. Uh, we'll be back next week with an all new guest. See you later. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.